0: Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. I am not Angela Bucciolato. I am John Gay. I am Angela's podcast editor, and we're flipping roles, do a little role reversal today in honor of our host's birthday. So first off, happy birthday, Angela. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. And full disclosure, I get a lot more nervous as a podcast guest than I do as a podcast host. So are you a little bit uh, uncomfortable in the hot seat now or what?
1: I am. And I think even more so because this is like my baby. So it's like roles reverse. I'm giving my baby back to you, even though you produce it and edit it and make us (laughs) sound great. But I don't know. So, yes, a little bit. I'm not going to lie. All
0: right. Well, let's do the bio first. So after working with transitioning military veterans out of college, Angela identified a need in the market for real advice on how to write a resume. She started the resume rescue as a side business she worked on nights and weekends. A few years ago, Angela found herself in a toxic recruiting job that left her feeling miserable, which we're going to ask her about. When she returned home from a beautiful two-week vacation to Italy, she found herself fired. Unsure of what to do, Angela decided to pursue the Resume Rescue full-time. Today, she and her team help thousands of job seekers from every walk of life quote-unquote have their cake and eat it too when it comes to their careers. Angela doesn't want anyone to ever feel miserable in their career as she did. The Resume Rescue offers a variety of services including resume writing, career coaching, interview preparation, LinkedIn workshops, and more. Angela's been featured on a number of podcasts and articles and has hosted numerous workshops to help clients achieve their goals. Angela has her bachelor's degree in industrial and organizational psychology from Penn State University and a master's degree in military psychology from Adler University. Angela, welcome again to your own show. (laughs) Thanks, John, for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start from the beginning. This is how you start with a lot of your guests. Um, You're a teenager. What are you thinking you're going to do when you're in like middle school and high school?
1: So funny enough, I had my mom on the podcast for Mother's Day last year and probably will do it again this year. But she said she's like, you know, I was never surprised you were an entrepreneur. Eventually, you always had like the lemonade stands, cute (laughs) little things of like how you can help, what you can sell, what you can do. And I do come. Both my parents are entrepreneurs. So I think that's not to say in my blood, but kind of. What do they do? So my mom actually started like a gift basket business when she was pregnant with me, because who starts a business when you're pregnant for the first time? And then my dad's a wholesale distributor. So he sell a glorified way of saying he sells produce and all the nooks and crannies to different restaurants, focus on Coney Islands in Metro Detroit.
0: You were literally exposed to entrepreneurship from in the womb. I yes, love it.
1: Literally, literally, yes. Yeah. So we found old journals and like whatever ones we did. in I think whatever elementary school, I spelled everything else wrong, but spelled archaeologist right. I've always loved history. So I've changed career paths probably a few times. But growing up, I was I was the shy kid. I was I was comfortable around friends, but I was not never, never thought I'd be social media, own a business, be out there and how I am today. So very different from who I was growing up. <laughs> that's for sure.
0: You always had that entrepreneurial spirit, but you weren't quite sure what you were going to do. Is that kind of where you were at at that point?
1: I would say so. I never have liked people telling me what to do, (laughs) except in like a workout setting. That's always been the case. I played (laughs) sports growing up, but that was fine. But I, my mom even had brought up, she's like, you out of principle would not agree with your JV basketball coach because she was rude to other people and you didn't play as a result of it. So I've had that like principle, don't treat me like that, but I was never as vocal as I am about it today, I would say. So,
0: OK, so you go to Penn State for undergrad and then you come back home and tell me about the career path. You've alluded to this in the podcast before that you were in a job that was toxic. It's in your intro as well. Yes. Tell me where you went after school, after college and how you got to that point where you're like a. Enough is enough. Take me through that journey.
1: So, high school, I, I've always been a good writer. So, that's not too far fetched from what I do today, but I thought I'd be a journalist. So, originally going to school, be a journalist, thought this is going to be it. I've won awards in high school. I was on your book, the whole nine yards, then decided, mm, don't want to work nights and weekends for garbage pay. So, let's not do that. <laughs> the nights and weekends did not uh, age well that I still do this now, but
0: you know. You're talking to a broadcast journalism major, so I understand where you're coming from there.
1: Exactly, yes, exactly. So that piece of it, I took an AP psychology class, I think it was senior year of high school. I loved it, fell in love with it, said, "Mm, let's go to college, be a criminal investigator. So freshman year, I went to Penn State. They have uh, one of the best Criminology and forensics programs in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State is number one, but my mother said, "Over my dead body." Are you going to Ohio State out of principal? So
0: understood. Yeah. So so yes, yeah, that's where you get the principal from. His mom got <laughs> yes. it. Okay.
1: Oh, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I didn't go to Ohio State. I went to Penn State. Wanted to go out of state for that. About sophomore year, we were dealing with some tough. The tough subject matter, you know, abuse and other things that come along with it, being a criminal investigator. And I said, I don't think I can stomach this. I would take it home with me. Mm-hmm. So my mother was actually the one that had found the degree in psychology, industrial organizational psychology. So I still could graduate on time and not totally screw up my career path. So graduated in four years, could have done it in three and a half, but who wants to give up their second half semester of senior oh, God, year? No, not I, no, 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 Absolutely. Right. Did that I got into a defense recruiting job, which I loved. That's how I got my start writing resumes was helping transitioning military vets because they were given all this information from their transition centers that was not accurate. I mean, we're talking like 80s and 90s trends where I'm like, this is not a thing. Like, please don't take this. You're gonna be another statistic. So I started writing resumes for free. Just like, let me help you. You're great over the phone. Your resume is a piece of garbage. And that was where I got my start. And this is where I was told, hey, Angela, you come in. We're going to offer you $30,000, 0.33% commission. If you come out, you bust out your numbers. Um, we'll bump you. We'll give you an increase. Okay. So I'm whatever, 21, 22 out of college. Like, yeah, I'm competitive. Let's do this. So was the only woman on my team. And I said, let me do this. So I went in. I was kicking ass over people that had been in the industry 15, 20 years. Number one in the company. Go and ask for my raise after a year.
0: Is this still working with military or is this now something different? Yes. Okay.
1: Still military. So, still first job out of college with military.
0: And by the way, you know, you hear all these stories about how difficult it is for our soldiers to return home and reassimilate to everyday mm-hmm. American life. And you hear about them getting overwhelmed in the cereal aisle because they've been living in a tent in Afghanistan or whatever it is. The resume piece is such a huge part of that, I'd imagine.
1: Yes. Well, and what a lot of people don't realize is everything is done for you when you're in the military i mean your investments your food your every facet of your life is done for you your kids schooling your partners i mean everything's done for you so when you transition out of the military it's a huge harsh reality and Mm -hmm. it's like i don't know how to do anything so of course the resume piece is one of those so i helped a ton of people after hours did my thing i loved my team i thought i would retire from that company actually and I went in after a year for my raise. And they're like, oh, of course we're going to give you a raise. You're number one in the company. You've made a lot of changes. I even helped our quality team. I mean, I went above and beyond. Mm-hmm. So they bumped me to, I think it was 32000 or 35000 which, fine. If you want to, some people have argued with me. They're like, oh, that's an 18% raise. That's really good. It's like, okay, well, you still can't live off of that. I was still living at home, thankfully, but not everyone has that opportunity.
0: And what year is this, this roughly?
1: This is 2016. It's not even that long ago.
0: Yeah, okay, wow, all right.
1: Yeah. So not that long ago, and I was like, this isn't a thing. We're far past this whole wage discrimination thing. This is not a thing. This is a 2010s here. So another job falls into my lap out of nowhere. I happen to have the day off for a wedding, all these things. They want to interview me. They offered me 15 grand more plus 10% commission. No brainer. Well,
0: that's like a 50% raise. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I quit. And get belittled for two hours about how I'm going nowhere in my life, all these things. Ugh. And I had confided in my um, work husband and told him before I told the bosses I was going to quit. And he told me he was making $18,000 more than me, even though my numbers were better than his. Wow. So I quit and he supported it. And it was like a funeral in there the day everyone knew I was putting in my two week notice. And yeah, I got belittled for two hours Said I would regret it for the rest of my life. I go nowhere, like just things you would never say to someone. So that's where I take this with the resume rescue. And I'm like, don't let people belittle you. I was stupid for letting him talk to me like that for two hours. Silly to work for a job for free labor for a year where everyone in management had all you know, Beamers and new Mercedes, (laughs) new everything. So like the company was doing well on my, you know, from what I was doing. But
0: I'm really glad you said that because this speaks to the passion that you bring to the resume rescue, because it's very easy to say this is how to write a resume and, you know, read whatever trending articles on LinkedIn and YouTube videos. and, and, And this is the trend in the industry. But what you carry with you, Angela, is this passion for what you do. And it's born out of your actual life experience, which is why I think you bring so much to your clients.
1: Thank you. Yes. And that's where it's and you know me well enough too, John, where, you know, I'm not like, just quit your job and everything works out. And we've talked a few times um, about podcasts, about things in general, being business owners. And it's just, we're both kind of no bullshit people. i mm-hmm. just like, no, let me tell you about my experience. And this is why I feel the way that I do. And maybe that's the journalist background of <laughs> get the facts right first before, you know, not judging things up. But
0: thank you. So that's the personality piece of it. So you'd leave after getting belittled and probably reinforcing your decision to leave. Oh, yeah. And what's next from there?
1: So I got into technical recruiting. So that's where my exposure was to Google, to Microsoft, another staffing agency just focused more on the IT side. Mm -hmm. So within three weeks, I remember sitting in my car at lunch crying because I made a mistake of taking this job.
0: You were that miserable?
1: Oh, yes. It was just like a lot of IT training. And it was just, I'm thankful for it now, because now it makes me really good at technical resumes. But I'm like, this is awful. This is terrible. I don't want to do this. And my boss was doing some some sketchy things there where he'd look you mm-hmm. in the face and be nice to you and then go scream on the phone to his wife in the next room. And I was like, what's happening here? If you've ever seen the memes that are like, oh, when the new person starts and then they realize they joined a shit show, that was me. I was the new yes. person that realized they joined the shit show. So You're the
0: dog with everything on fire around you?
1: That's my favorite meme in the world. Yes, everything's fine. Yep. So I joined that and he... I just like, wasn't loving it. I am very competitive in nature. So I was like, okay, we could do this. But then the bar would get raised to meet your KPIs or metrics. So I'd hit them and then I'd hit them. And then it was like very corporate. They had 35 offices. Things done a lot different. Cold calling blitzes. Again, this is not Mad Men. I don't know why it was a numbers game there. Uh... I stayed there two and a half years, crazy enough, till I got fired. And one story, I don't know if I've ever told this on the podcast, but... These cold calling blitzes, it would be the whole company competition. How many phone calls can you make in two hours?
0: Not how many sales, but how many calls can you make?
1: Phone calls. Phone calls. Yes, exactly. So it would be if you got on the phone with someone, like if I was talking to you, we'd build rapport. We're probably talking for a half hour, 45 minutes. I only have maybe five phone calls. I'd get screamed at. So this is principled Petty Angela comes out again. Don't <laughs> worry. She came out to play. And I gathered all the account managers and recruiters in the office. I said, you know what? Screw them. Let's all call each other for two hours and we're all going to be top in the company. And we're competing with thousands of people because there's 35 offices globally. So sure enough, we call each other. We're top five in every category in the company. <laughs> we're getting praises from corporate saying good job, Detroit, go Detroit, this and that. And we're all just like, fuck this. None of us made any progress. It was a waste of time for two hours because if someone answered, hang up, call each other, call this. Like they didn't care. They just wanted the numbers.
0: Wow. So
1: yes, in the two and a half years I was there, we had a 10 person office and we went through six recruiters or account managers that quit or got fired. Like it was high turnover for sure. So
0: And high turnover is one of those warning signs you probably warn your clients about now, right?
1: Yes. Why are you hiring for this position? What does success look like? I mean, very key interview questions. Because my boss, he was great at sales. I mean, he sold the heck out of the company. Mm. He built rapport great. I mean, I get why he's in sales still, but it was just like all on this facade of taking advantage and just, you know, crazy. So, yes. Yes.
0: The Jekyll and Hyde thing is interesting. I had a, oh. a, I had somebody that I worked with who was always nice to me, but I witnessed him be verbally abusive to both clients and work and employees. And Ooh. I'm like, I, I don't want, this is not a guy I want to do business with. I've never had a problem with him directly, but this isn't a guy that I want to be in business with. Mm-mm. Oh, no. But I did learn from the experience. And to your point, um, you know, my first job after I got out of radio, I worked for an IT company for three months and it was a bad fit. I signed up to do uh, social media and podcasting. And next thing you know, I was being asked to do cold calling, which is like the one thing I, I refuse to do. I just I'm not good at it. I'm, I'm terrible at it. And after three months, it was a bad fit. And we, and we parted ways. And I'm like, well, that what just what did I do for three months. Right. But there's things I learned in that job, to your point on the IT thing that I've taken with me and, and I use in my role today. Yes. So you get fired from a job you don't like anyway. And at this point, you've started doing the resume rescue stuff on the side. So it was,
1: what was, I think it was 20. So I started that job 2016, I believe. In 2017, I still, when I got into IT, I realized, oh, this is not just a veteran thing. This is an everybody thing. We're same thing. We'd call yeah. people horrific resumes, but great phone calls or great meetings with us. So I then would edit resumes. Then I was the go-to person in the office to judge up resumes and... Not to the extent I do today, but, you know, change the format, change things, make them a little better. So I started in 2017. I had some friends kind of come to me and say, well, you've been a writer. Why don't you can't you just do this? And that's hmm. how I was like, OK, we'll help friends, family, whatever. I did a LinkedIn post one time that went a little viral. So I had people flooding my inbox. And I remember I charged $30 a resume, which is so crazy to think about now but
0: I think about what i charged when i started my company yeah. too. Do you know what the post was on linkedin that went viral?
1: it was someone had reached out to me and she was like i'm not getting any jobs, i'm not getting anything and then she ignored two of my phone calls, my messages and i said something complaining along the lines of like don't sit here and complain about it being recruiters when you're not responding to us trying to help you. something like that. wow. so it went a little like not viral viral but a little bit. so I said, okay, this could maybe be a thing. So I did the LLC thing, which you could do online. It was like 15, whatever, $50, I think it was.
0: Pay a lawyer 500 or do it yourself for 50 here in Michigan. I learned that too. 50 bucks, done and done.
1: Super easy. So I had the LLC. I had a friend help me with the website, like a Wix site, just something super basic. Mm -hmm. And my employer knew I had this business. So I just do it nights and weekends. I made like a few extra hundred bucks a month, no big deal. And then 20... (sighs) I think I started my master's degree 2018. I always wanted this military psychology master's degree. It targeted me on a LinkedIn ad because I worked in defense recruiting. I wanted to get back to help vets. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm not getting any younger. Let's just start it because you're still motivated now. I could still function on less sleep. So let's do this now. So I started the program and then 2019, I was doing the program still working this corporate job, still kind of like secretly looking for jobs, but nothing was like, (laughs) I didn't have the motivation to do it. So I understand when people say, you know, you're stuck, you're kind of deer in the headlights. I get that because I love my coworkers. That was the hard part. I was best friends with my coworkers. I hated the boss and we all hated him. Yeah. So I go to Italy for two weeks and I remember not to share. I'll share it. I don't care. I have had food poisoning multiple times, got a little tummy issues. And I remember Mm. getting called on my PTO of like, well, can you answer this email? You need to call this candidate. You need to do this now. And totally took advantage of that. Account managers would do it. Boss himself would do it. But he just he said, this is a 24 seven job. We never were allowed to work remote. So hilarious that the pandemic happened and they were all forced to, but they were brought right back into the office (laughs) as soon as they could. And I had enough. I was like, I'm not kissing his ass anymore. I'm done. He fired multiple people I loved. I'm out. Go to Italy for two weeks and then I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm in the beautiful countryside, drinking wine, eating cheese, living my best life. And I'm like, why are you <laughs> care about a crappy job? So then I came home and boss walks right past me, doesn't say a word to me after not seeing me for two weeks,
0: hmm.
1: pulls me in his office and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. This isn't on me. This is on you. This is corporate's call. Oh. I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. Nothing was ever his fault. Spineless.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. He would kiss the ass of any corporate person that would come in there. And I tried to get him fired. And I think that was my demise because he was doing some not so ethical things in the office. I had track record of. Again, criminal profiler here. So your girl's good at getting facts, right?
0: Oh, yeah. You went all CSI on his ass.
1: I did. And they're like, yeah, this Angela needs to go. She's being a pain in our ass. So at will employer state of Michigan. So I got fired. I went out with a bang. I told him exactly how I felt about him, hmm. which I don't recommend doing. And I was like, let's let's see if this sinks or swims. So I packed up my desk, cried my eyes out on the way to go home at 9 a.m. Huh. And then I posted on social media. I was doing this. I picked up a few like part time jobs to keep money floating in because I just bought a house Ugh. and um, I try- I just did it. So it wasn't an easy, glorious thing. And then what pushed the Resume Rescue to do it full time, full time was a social media post that I said around December 2019 I did a post that said, Remember when you're missing your kid's birthday, your friend's wedding, whatever, because you're involved with work, you can't get that time back, but you can always get another job. I said something much cleverer than what I'm saying now, <laughs> and that went viral. So, clients in my inbox, things were steady. So, then I quit my other jobs and took it
0: full time. That is really, uh, you know. I can relate to you in in the whole taking the plunge and doing something full time. And, you know, what's great about owning your own business is you don't have an asshole boss to answer to, but you have hopefully good, but you have clients to answer to. And it is on you to put food on the table uh, for yourself. And later now you have employees as well. Tell me about the transition and how scary that can be of starting your own business. And this is your full time hustle now.
1: Oh, it's still scary. I've been doing it. It'll be four years full time in September. Mm -hmm. I mean, the scariness never goes away where it's, you know, every time I onboard a new employee, there's five of us total, a six one that we bring in project to project, but it's still scary. I mean, there's been months like in March, we had a slower few weeks that we thought of March of 2022 is our most profitable month in my industry. There's no rhyme or reason. I mean, new year, we always get a lot of people But we're learning with like things going on in the news, like layoffs, layoffs, layoffs. People are scared to leave. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of rolling with the punches there, but it's understanding. And I put my employees first. So we have a slower month. Guess who doesn't get paid? Me. right? But that's fine. That's what you have to do to survive. And I've taken like we talked about everything my bosses did to me that I freaking hated. Yeah. And I use it now to manage my employees like today. One of them was like, oh, I'm going to lunch. And I said, who said you can go to lunch? Like totally messing with her because I got them out of their work PTSD they had. And they're like, "Okay, bye, I'm leaving. Like we can joke around. We could be fun. I pretend to be toxic. We laugh all the time. But (laughs) it's like I just can't imagine as a boss doing the things my bosses used to do to me. And I just I can't fathom doing it to the people that are making me money, helping people, being client facing.
0: I don't know. I feel like anybody who's ever worked a customer service job, Angela, they're nicer when they're on the phone with customer service because they've been on the other side of it. And the same applies here. You dealt with a toxic boss. I've dealt with toxic bosses. And that's how you exactly don't be in the situation where you have employees. How did you grow the resume rescue to the point where it went from just you to bringing in people full time to help you?
1: So I was working 15 hour days. Uh I'm not exaggerating. It was 15 hour days. And the clients, we were, I think our turnaround or my turnaround time, because it was just me at the time, was a month and a half, two months. So I started losing business because people are like, I can't wait two months to do this. Uh So I forgot who told me this, but I think it was one of my friends that also owns a business. He said, sit down and track how many hours a day. Is it taking you to do stuff that someone else can do? Answer emails, send proposals, write social media, just things you don't need to be doing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You should be generating revenue for yourself. So that means you should be you know, taking networking groups, taking consultations, things like that. So it came out to, I think it was five hours a day. I was doing that every single day. Wow. So I said, okay, let's see, because the money was great when it was just me, but now bringing on someone with a full salary is a whole different ballgame. So- I put it out there, and Destiny was my first employee, but she fell in my lap. Literally hated her job. I so I interviewed her as a free consultation, and I said, "Okay, you have the exact background I'm looking for. Could I interview you for my position?" So I got super lucky with her as far as her falling into my lap. And then when she was onboarded, and I remember we met at Atomic Coffee in Royal Oak. I shook her hand. This is August of 2020. She signed the paperwork, and I literally sat in my car, was like. What the fuck did I just do? What if I can't pay her? Yeah. So she started. Um, she took on to training really well. She finished two days earlier than I thought. And then we just kind of rolled the punches. And I was clear with her. I'm like, listen, it's you and I. This is going to be a shit show at some point. <laughs> <laughs> like it's going to be. Yeah. And I said, if you're someone that is you need a to do list and you need this is the same thing every day. This is not going to work out. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're yeah. a. if someone is like that, you're a corporate, you know, ideal, angelic person, it doesn't work for a small business that I am. Right. So she said, no, I like that. I'm into it. Let's do this. So she started in August and then she took off literally half of my plate. And I'm I'm still writing resumes, doing LinkedIn, doing career coaching, interview prep, all of it, but she's doing the back end. So now our fulfillment time got it was shorter, but then it was creeping up to a month again. And I said, I need a resume writer. I can't do all of this. So Destiny actually found Allison, our resume writer from mm-hmm. an OU alumni page. So we like Allison, good personality fit. And then it's just identifying if we're, I told both of them too. I'm like, if you're getting to the point of overwhelm, you need to tell me because then we need to strategically plan when we're going to hire someone else. Right. I did decide to bring them on both full time. And then now our newest employees are all hourly on contract or as need basis. So they can help with overflow of business, which has been awesome. But it's still scary.
0: And full disclosure, I, I interact with uh, Destiny all the time when it comes to producing the podcast for you. And she's amazing. She's on top of everything. Anytime I ask her, she's great. She is. What is one thing that you wish people knew about resumes and job seeking that you could scream from the mountaintops on this podcast? What is one piece <laughs> of advice that you would tell somebody who is looking to transition jobs and get out of where they are now?
1: It's really not worth it It's if it's still been this bad leave. I mean, I told you week three, I knew that job was a bad one for me. And I saw that two and a half years later when I was devastated that I was unemployed, but also like, why the hell did you stay there for two and a half years? That would be, I mean, I could give you 10 things of advice, but I would say that's number one, as far as like your career goes with resumes. I mean, know your expertise. I'm not a builder. I'm going to hire a builder to build my house. Sure. You're not an expert at resumes. You hire someone to do your resumes where I think a lot of people have the connotation that, well, I should know how to do this. Well, yeah. John, could I have taught myself how to edit a podcast? Sure. Mm -hmm. Could I do the things you do? Yes. Could you do the things I do? Yes. It's the opportunity cost of the time it's going to take me to teach myself or hire you who's the expert, had 13 years of radio experience. I'm going to go with you. You know your shit. Thank you. You're welcome. But I think that's something that people also forget is that these change, like podcast trends change finance or investments change. I mean, Uh every fashion changes. Resumes change. Careers change. It's not something that's the same thing from 40 freaking years ago. These do change. And don't trust your uncle, aunt, grandma, whoever, who's been out of HR for 10 years retired. They don't know what they're talking about.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: I get that a lot.
0: That's not surprising. Okay.
1: Like, oh, my uncle offered to do it. like, no, they've been retired for 10 years. No. So... I never would have thought I would be ready to take this full time. I'm so blessed. I get to meet cool ass people like you, John. Our paths never would have crossed if I didn't quit my business or quit my day job.
0: Right. Likewise.
1: Thank you. Or any of the people on this podcast for this matter. I mean, I would have never, ever, ever met those people or just go up and have a conversation. I mean, some people think you might be weird. I'm a chatty Kathy and it has helped me kind of grow my business one, make new friends too. And just... Looking at other avenues for us.
0: Speaking of you being a chatty Cathy. Yes. One of the things of all my clients that I do podcasts for, your network continues to amaze me. Every single time <laughs> I get a new podcast from you and you've got this amazing guest, and I'm like, how did you get in with this person? Like, how do you network so well? And I know we've talked, you've talked about this in the podcast before is, you know, networking is not a scary word and you've got to communicate and just talk to people. I know you're in business development groups, you're on LinkedIn, you're on all these things, which somebody who's like, Not good at networking. How do I network? It can be overwhelming. So, how do you start when it comes to networking?
1: I mean, it could be as simple as what have been my go tos. I like someone's shirt if I like them. I like what they set at an event. They're drinking the same drink as me. I mean, it's with anything. And that first part is still scary. I like my home based people. Like, you're one of my home based people for like Royal Oak Chamber, where I know you were close. That could be the scariest part of networking in like an in-person setting where you walk into a room, you don't know a single freaking person. That's kind of like, oh, it gives you the ick there. (laughs) But I also try to connect with people as well. So I met you in person. I'm going to go connect with you on LinkedIn or Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever your vice is. And then people still see your message. So I like to be a super connector of, oh, Angela, who runs your podcast? Oh, go call John. John's going to hook it up. Or, oh, do you have a financial advisor? Yes. Glebe and Associates use them. But it's having my network because people will remember when you referred them someone mm. or I got called yellow pages by a friend the other day and I was like, <laughs> thank you so much.
0: Although the, the under 25 crowd might not know who that is, but still.
1: Oh, that's true. Someone said they didn't know what a CD was the other day and I wanted to die. That, that
0: I refuse to believe that. No, 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 no.
1: Oh, they were, I think, in high school. I was like, uh, it wasn't that long ago. Okay. But anyways. And other networking things. I mean, it's so simple. I've met some great people at concerts, at you know different venues, at sporting events, at bars, restaurants. It's just people remember how you treat them too, and you never know who you're in the same room as. And I myself, I mean, I remember when I joined networking groups, I was like, oh, a chamber of commerce. I'm not a suit and tie business professional, right? I never do my hair like I let it run wild, and me either. I'm just like, this isn't my vibe. You don't either. <laughs> John's bald for those of you that don't. But that's the funny thing is when I started to be myself, that's when more people will come to me. I'm not for everyone. I don't like everyone. You don't like everyone. Why would you want everyone? (laughs) You know, that's the thing. And that goes kind of going back to interviewing is, you know, you have to find the company that's right for you, the clients that are right for you, the right boss, the right whatever that sees your value. It's all just a conversation. And I know your original question, which the ADD struck real hard on that one. That's all right. How I get these people on the podcast. I just freaking ask. Mm -hmm. I was sitting at Bamboo, which is a co-working space in Royal Oak, Michigan. And Amanda Sweet, who is a guest on this podcast, she's incredible. Mm -hmm. And she's a community manager. So she's sitting there. Two ladies walk up and one is the owner of Nothing Bunt Cakes, Mm -hmm. which if you have not had one, So good. And then another one is a leadership empowerment, um, connecting women all around Metro Detroit. Badass. So they come over. We get to talking. We end up talking for an hour. I'm like so enthralled. I'm like, I love nothing, Bunt Cakes. I have given you so much business. I think my mother is your number one spokesperson, just like funny (laughs) vibing with them. And I just straight up told them about the podcast. I go, hey, here's my podcast. If you're interested, I'd love to have you. My boyfriend works for the Pistons, one of the DJs for the Pistons. She's a badass. I'm like, Nicole, you're pretty freaking cool. Like, would you be on my podcast? She's like, hell yeah, I would. Like, I just, I'm looking three steps forward to just connect people in the best way I can. But also if I vibe with you, like let's build upon that and help me help you or vice versa.
0: Got it. Just ask. So we've talked a little bit about how you have grown the Resume Rescue in the time that you've been running it. What's in store for 2023 as you look forward to the last half of the year?
1: (sighs) we are getting into recruiting so i'm building out our recruiting arm of the business so we'll be like our own staffing agency um what else are we doing looking for doing more sponsorships on the podcast building out the podcast more doing a lot of webinars and events you and i had fun at our podcast event so doing more stuff like that but just kind of building the network and getting into more partnerships with colleges because poor recent graduates have no clue what they're doing and right. that's okay i didn't either just kind of looking and kind of transitioning more to doing speaking engagements, um, workshops, things like that as we build the brand. And I'm out of the day-to-day a little bit more, but just to do fun stuff like this, so. Gotcha. A lot of
0: things. (laughs) I know your last question to your guests is always, what is one piece of advice you have? And we've kind of covered that uh, in terms of job seekers and networking. What is one piece of advice you would have for 18-year-old Angela? (sighs)
1: That's a good one. That like hits in the feels. And I know it's one of my questions, but <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I was very fear-based in high school. Mm-hmm. I think the extrovert in me was always there. It just didn't come out as much or I was more of a listener, which it's not bad to be a listener. But I was scared. I mean, the biggest thing I did was I went to Penn State. 90% of my friends went to Michigan State, Michigan, OU, like all around. And I was kind of the lone wolf at Penn State. So I think when I turned 18 and when I committed to Penn State, I said, I'm like, you know, we need a new journey. Let's go on and do this. But get out of bad relationships. Mm -hmm. Let's see what else I would tell her. I would also say, just do the damn thing. I say that on most podcast episodes, but everything's scary. The fear never goes away. It's just, what are you going to be afraid of now? I worked corporate. It was, I don't want to make my boss mad. I work for myself now. It's, oh, I don't want to like let my employees down. I mean, That never goes away. And I think that makes you a really good person, that you have some type of fear when it comes to other people in. But be your freaking self because she was stuffed down a little bit. Like people like you for who you
0: are, as obnoxious as you are. I can totally relate to that comment. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) That I'm obnoxious, John?
0: (laughs) No, No, I can relate because I'm just as obnoxious. So there you go. And I love it. Um, if you did not find Angela obnoxious and you think you would like to talk to her about resume and job hunting stuff, you can find her at TheResumeRescue.com. And, Angela, thank you for coming on your own podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for being the narrator. It was great. It's so much fun. <laughs> thanks for agreeing.
0: <laughs> Tune in for another episode next week of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, The Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone. But here at The Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.